This episode is going to be a little different because Max is in Spain and we aren't able to record how we usually would. Luckily though, we have an interview he did a few weeks ago that we've kind of been holding on to and waiting for the right time to release. So far on Revolves Around Me, we've tried to shed light on various topics related to how millennials feel about religion, but we definitely are aware that there's a lot of faiths that we haven't been able to talk about and cover. If you look at a list of the most common religions in the United States, it's no surprise that Christianity is number one with Judaism, Islam, Buddhism, Hinduism, and so on. But this episode is about the Baha'i faith, which falls at number 12 on the most practiced faiths in America, with less than 100,000 people in the country following it today. Last week, Max talked with a millennial in California who, as she's grown up, has fully embraced this little-known religion that originated in the 19th century in Persia. And the Baha'i faith isn't your traditional religion in that it doesn't require attendance in weekly services or anything like that, and instead is mostly a worship done on your own and through your own service efforts. I'm Brian Benton, and on behalf of Max Barnes, you're listening to Revolves Around Me, a podcast about the intercept of two things that think they're the center of the universe, religion and millennials. Today, we have Max's conversation about growing up Baha'i in America. Kayla, and um, I'm a student in the Bay Area at UC Santa Cruz, and I'm 21 years old, and I'm a member of the Baha'i Faith. Cool. So just quickly before we start talking about your personal um, background, can you talk about the Baha'i Faith in general and sort of the history and where it started? And um... Um, Yeah, so basically the Baha'i Faith started in Iran around 1844, um, and its founder is Baha'u'llah, who had been exiled and suffered many years of imprisonment. Um, And then after he passed away, his son led the Baha'i world, and then after that, his great-grandson, and now we have an administrative body that is actually elected, um, and then we call them the Universal House of Justice. So basically, like, our overall um, beliefs are uh, oneness of God, everyone is entitled to education, and um, this idea of progressive revelation, which basically means like God renews our spirituality through his messengers, um, and they these messengers bring in laws that are relevant to this age in humanity, basically like renewing the spiritual energy of this world. Um, and we also don't have a clergy, so it's based mostly off of your own um, investigation. Uh, so reading prayers and um, also just reading the scriptures and stuff uh, in order to get yourself closer to God. So it's very independent. Well, we call it independent investigation. Um, yeah, so that's kind of like the big picture. How did you, like, how are you a Baha'i? Was this something like a personal choice, or is this like your family sort of passed it on down? So my mother grew up a Baha'i in Iran. She was born in Tehran. Um, Her family is all Baha'i. And um, she moved to the States when she was, like, 17 or something, or 18. Um, And my dad actually drew, he grew up uh, in a Jewish family, so he has a Jewish background. But he uh, became a Baha'i after he met my mom. Yeah, so actually, when you're 15, 
um, that's like the coming of age kind of. So you sign like a Baha'i card and like all this cool stuff like that. Um, Is it like a big party? <laughs> yeah, I actually did have a party. <laughs> it was cool. My mom took it. I still have a picture of me with my Baha'i card. Like, it's really funny. Is it like a laminated like card? Like, yeah, I, I literally <laughs> have it in my wallet. And it says like, Kayla, member of the Baha'i faith. And you said your dad was raised Jewish. Was it like a requirement for him to marry your mom that he convert? Or was that like a personal choice? My dad um, met my mom and then he, I guess he just, he discovered the faith through my mother. Um, and there's really, a, I mean, with marriage and the Baha'i faith, you don't have to marry a Baha'i. Like if you're a Baha'i, it's not like that at all. Um, and my dad's family was very accepting of, you know, the Baha'i faith, and they still are. Okay, so when you were growing up, and even like in college um, now, was there ever a time when you felt like being Baha'i was sort of tough compared to like your friends in school? Or if you would say like, hey, I'm Baha'i, would people just be like, what does that even right. mean? Yeah, I mean, I think that was kind of something I dealt with my whole life. Not even dealt with. It was like, for me, I really like talking about my religion and usually people are like oh that sounds really cool have you met other baha'is randomly or has it been like well okay there's a baha'i community in santa cruz and um they have like weekly devotionals and there's also like children's classes and like all these things and um i just know i don't know the baha'i community is so like close-knit like everybody just knows each other so like coming here my first year i already knew like five of the baha'is here as Baha'is, uh, service is a really, really big part of our life. It's like a sort of worship almost. What you can do is you can do like a year or two years of service where you go to a different community and you help them with whatever, you know, it is, it entails. And some people do this actually in Israel at um, the Baha'i Gardens in Haifa. But do you try and like connect with these other Baha'is since there's, like you said, there's only five of you at UC Santa Cruz, which is pretty crazy. It's such a personal like relationship you with you and God, you know, it's not like you're judged for not going to these events or like these devotionals. I mean, my freshman year, I went a lot more than I do now. I mean, I'm at a, you know, we're all at different stages in our lives and there's this one guy I met and he just like randomly started talking to me and he was like, I was like, oh, where are you from? And he was like, oh, well, like... I'm Israeli or whatever, and I was like, oh, that's cool, like, I'm a Baha'i, like, our, Baha our uh, holy gardens are there. He goes, no way, my best friend is a Baha'i, and I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> when you meet someone that has this connection to the Baha'i faith, mm -hmm. is it, like, even that much cooler, because it's so few and far between? Just be so, like, for me, I get really, really excited, because I'm like, oh my god, like, I feel like it's so rare, but it's like, I don't know, growing slowly. Are there specific communities in the U.S. and in the world where there are more Baha'is than... You mentioned Haifa, where the gardens are. So in the U.S., I'd say in, like, the bigger cities, like, L.A. has a lot of Baha'is. Um, and in terms of, like, all over the world, I mean, I can't say for sure. I don't know. But we're just, like, very, like, randomly spread, I feel like. You talked about the gardens a little earlier. And have you, have you had a chance to visit those yourself? As Baha'is, we can go on pilgrimage. So when I was, oh, I can't remember how old I was. The first time I went, though, we were going on an actual pilgrimage. Um, and you go to the, it's like a whole program. You go to all the shrines, and there's, like, specific times for, like, going to specific places and um, uh, different, like, events you can go to and talks and stuff. 
are these are these pilgrimages and these trips are they like when you're standing there in the gardens is it like a very very spiritual experience and oh yeah it's so serene it's insane like you don't really realize it like until you're there though and I think even for people who aren't Baha'is that see the um these gardens it's just like such an amazing place because it's so like well cared for and um so much thought you can see in like the process of all these buildings and the shrines and stuff it's just so amazing and even going in and like it's crazy like certain smells that I mean this is just for me personally but um because I mean I spent like however many hours praying in these shrines like there's certain smells in the shrines that like sometimes I like smell like uh, rose water or something that reminds me of it do you remember a certain point in your childhood when you kind of realized, like, I'm a Baha'i and it means a lot to me and, like, sort of a spiritual awakening? Um, I think, honestly, it came a lot later in my life, and I think I'm still going through that right now. Um, it's kind of like an ongoing process, and I really, I actually feel like I came to that realization last year when I had met Baha'is from a different country when I was studying abroad, um, I really, really realized how like special this faith is. So you mentioned that the founder of the Baha'i faith broke away and was persecuted in, in 19th century Persia. How are people or Baha'i people treated and viewed in the modern day Middle East and sort of why, why is that? So I know specifically in Iran, um, Baha'is are very, very persecuted against. Um, and honestly, they were perse persecuted against like when the faith first started. Um, and then when Iran's government, well, it's like an Islamic government now. So like Baha'is continue to be persecuted against. Um, and some things that Baha'is basically can't have education in Iran. Um, you can't have a business if you're Baha'i. So as a college student, you can't really go to any universities there. Do you do, do Baha'is really like in like do they practice in in private or is it just like yeah. it's very no, it's very it's very low key I think and um it's not even that like that's a thing like we don't like to be like fearful and stuff like that like you just have to keep a very positive outlook and you know obviously like Baha'is don't have basic human rights in Iran so despite these um, horrible things, we still have a very positive outlook on the world and humanity. And then, is the Baha'i faith in any way related to Islam, or do people often confuse like Baha'i as like a sect of being, is like pra right. being practicing Islam, or how does that distinguish itself? I mean, I do get that question a lot, which is understandable because it was originated in an Islamic country. So, um, I get that, but it's, it's not, and that's pretty, I don't know, yeah, it's not. Does it get kind of frustrating to always hear, like, oh, like, that's part of Islam, right, or, like... <laughs> I don't know, I don't really feel like it's frustrating, because um, it's not like I have anything against, like, any other religions or Islam or anything like that, so it's not like I feel, like, offended for, like, anyone thinking that. Like, it's just understandable to me, because of, you know, where it was originated. Well, Kayla, I really, I really appreciate it. That's, yeah, that was, that was awesome. Revolves Around Me is produced by me, Brian Benton, in Brooklyn, New York, along with Max Barnes in San Francisco, California. Our website is revolvesaround.me, and you can email us at revolvespodcast at gmail.com. 
Thanks to everyone that's rated and reviewed. We will see you in a few weeks with a new episode.